Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends. I'm very distinguished listeners of Navigate with ID. This is your business school on radio. And what a way to signal a beautiful month, the month of our independence anniversary, 63rd independence anniversary. I need to say happy anniversary, dear fellow Nigerians. And more importantly, it's a new month. So happy new month. Friends, it's really tapering towards the late ember months. We are getting into the spirit and the letter. But on this program, which is your favorite business school on radio, we have been looking at different ingredients that would make us as individuals and by extension, our ecosystems have a sense and a measure of success, not just in the words that they are spoken, but in terms of looking at how we can accelerate it. At this juncture, I believe for this month, we'll begin to pile ourselves towards opening a new opportunity to talk about the things that make people tick. And so to that extent, I'd like to get into the foray of the qualities that make you invaluable. What are those qualities that make a person invaluable? You know, friends, when you look at life in every facet, regardless of what happens at every stage of your life, there is always a measure of value. Employers need to value their employees. I can tell you for a fact that given all my almost three decades of working in corporate, I was privileged never to be laid off, not one time. I was into and out of every restructuring that happened, right from Guinness to Coca-Cola, even to Cadbury. At some point, they also had same within the ambits of Samsung where I worked. But I was never put off or laid off. I will not tell you that I was the best thing that happened since sliced bread. But one thing, which I'll tell you as the truth, only one reason. My employers valued me as much as they valued the employees they also kept. Why? Because people that are valued the most, they get promoted and they get paid the most. How do I know I was valued across the chain of companies I worked for? I kept getting promoted. I was well paid. And to that extent, it got to a point where I, of my own volition, decided to resign from corporate to come do what I love doing. Now, when you look at the same employer circle, the people that they value the least, they always let them go. How do they let them go? Through whatever may happen in terms of structuring, restructuring. But it's not to say that in all cases that they are not 
that value. But why do some people remain? Now, the same is true in personal relationships. Friends do not walk away from relationships with friends they value. You will not find a man or woman divorce their spouses whom they cherish. So the big question is, what makes a person so valuable that his employer will promote him rather than fire him? And then you would ask yourself, what makes a friend so valuable that many of his or her friends will consider her a best friend? One they would never want to be without. But I'll also put a caveat. This is how I also live my own life. And I let people understand that the fact that I call you my best friend does not mean that you see me as your best friend. Now, when you look at this whole thing of being invaluable, it's a two-way stretch. The other part and question is, what makes a spouse so valuable that their mate will always adore them? To this extent, we are going to go back to where we are coming from. We'll be looking at the things that make this happen. And this will come, we'll have some proverbs we'll share. And we'll also, you know, take a peep into what this great man in the past who had secrets to success, wealth, and happiness. I'm talking about Solomon. He revealed some qualities that tapered around, I think about five of them, that when they are developed and nurtured, will make anyone highly valued by others, both personally and professionally. And do I need to tell you that if you are that valued, your business will automatically take on that stamp from you as a person. If you recall, we started this journey looking at the first of these qualities and which was diligence. We said that true diligence will make a person the most valued either as an employee or even a person in any workplace. So coming from that part on diligence, we're going to look at four other qualities that will make you truly valued in life. And there couldn't be a better time than now when the entire ecosystem is wrought with all manner of, I don't know how to put it. Things are happening. People are having less than good reports. Integrity is at its lowest ebb in some regards. And the belief system is waning. The trust factor is absolutely walking away in different factors and facets. So as with diligence, none of these qualities naturally reside in anybody as fully developed. Rather, they, are, they come as seeds that must be nurtured to grow. What can I say with the first two qualities, which I will call K and T. K and T stands for kindness and truth. Before I get into the foray of it, I'd like to bring a Ugandan proverb to the fore. 
It says, or it reads, and I quote, it is easier to wake a person who is asleep than a person who pretends to be asleep. That's very profound. Now, do you know that kindness and truth, when you stack that side by side, you find this as being priceless. Honestly, when you look at the very rich people, I imagine a very rich woman wearing a five million or a ten million jewelry, a diamond jewelry. You would look at that and say, wow, this is really nice and expensive. It will only take a person of wealth to do that. Let me tell you something, friends. As beautiful as this whatever million-dollar diamond jewelry can be, there are two qualities in a person that will far outshine any woman's expensive jewelry. Their value is priceless, yet nearly always underestimated. They can be seen in terms of attractiveness as being universal, yet they are surprisingly rare. Friends, I'm talking of nothing other than the qualities of truth and kindness. Do you know that if you go around our climb today and run a survey, I guarantee you that more than 80% of most of our high school students or seniors would have cheated in their examinations. Close to. And I'm putting that in general speak. When you go to the workplace, behavior is not much different. From the factory floor to the corporate boardroom, honesty can be hard to come by. People assume that because dishonesty often brings short-term advantages, it does not have significant negative consequences over the long term. Nothing could be further from the truth. Can I tell you on my own personal life, you can start by asking the executives of some foreign companies. There's so many. I mean, we all remember the time of Enron. Bring it home. We also remember the time companies like Lever Brothers went through the same. And I need not shy away from the fact that once upon a time, a company called Cadbury Nigeria also went through the same challenge. And that's why some of us were called in to go and salvage the place. And thank God, with his help and his grace, we were able to do that. So things don't get much better at home. It's not only abroad. You look around and there is all manner of stuff happening. In a world of instant gratification today, a world I call the me-first society, kindness seems more like a leftover than an entree. In other words, I will take care of me first, and if I have any time or money left over, 
I will give that to others. Just look around us. Even in the dark streets that we find ourselves. But there's some proverb that says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Do you know that like a very dazzling piece of jewelry or a car, truth and kindness should be so much a part of our lives that they will be the first two attributes a person should notice about us. It's not the expensive jewelry we are wearing or the expensive car you drive a roller. You drive a Bentley. So what? Is that the first thing anybody should notice or the whatever diamond pendant that is hanging around your neck? Whether white, whether whatever color. Huge sums and billions of naira and whatever form. Whatever currency. The first two attributes that people should notice about you should really be around truth and kindness. This should be seen first, friends. That way it will translate into your business because your workers will see, because your employees will see. I started by saying that with all grace and glory to God, my employers valued me and they valued me and did not throw me off because all through my career, I was never laid off, not one time. Not because I was better than others, no. But there must have been something. Because I know that the people that employers value the most, they promoted and paid the most. I can put myself in that category. I can confidently say that because I know what I earned far above some of my colleagues. In fact, there was a time for one of the companies I worked for, within the executives, when the time came for a bonus at that time, they discovered that I was the highest earning executive when it came to bonus. And how did I know? It was a finance director that came to me and said, see, I'm sure, I hope the MD does not beef you because by the time we are making this payout, ID, you seem to be the, the one collecting the most in terms of bonus. I said, eh. I said, it's because of the base now. It's the salary that determines what you get as bonus. That's what we signed up. So obviously, that just tell, tells you something that I was a bit over the, you know, the, the group. But that's history. I mean, I don't dwell in those things, but I'm using that to highlight something to you. And I'm not telling you that I'm, the best since I sliced bread. But it is from a practical standpoint that things come out that you can share. Not many people can say what I'm saying. They can't. Not because they do not want to say it, but they don't have the gravitas to say it. So when others think of us, the first thought that should come to their mind is our kindness and, and our integrity. And these are qualities that you will notice in certain people. And if you have a true friend, it will become one of those people that you say, my dear friend, or this is my dearest friend. 
you will see it come through. And it goes back to that proverb that you need to bind them around your neck. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Not a 24-carat gold that you bind around your neck. No. It's kindness and truth. These are qualities that make you invaluable. And when you do that, you'll find that you're on the pathway to unleashing something down the road posterity will call right for you. But this is not the only portion that Solomon looks at as a directive. He also says that we should write them on the tablet of our hearts. In other words, we need to make them the central part of who we are and what we are about. You would notice that if you stick around people who have kindness and truth sitting in their boils, there's something that will come their way. And that is why I like this Ghanaian proverb that says, however high your shoulders grow, they can never attain the same height as your head. That's what truth and honesty does for you. They become an integral part of you. Friends, let's talk about the great benefit of making truth and kindness a part of our lives. You and I need this at this time because we need to salvage the world. We need to salvage businesses. We need to salvage our economy. We need to grow our GDP. Thank God for you know, the platform, Nigeria, I had the privilege to sit through and thanks um, to Pastor Koju for staying the course. When I listened to each of the speakers, so many deductions came for me and they had a common thread. But one thing you'll find that nailed everything was when Mensah Otterbill talked about law and order discipline. The discipline of making truth and kindness a part of your life is an incalculable benefit you will enjoy. If you make them a vital part of your life, and I do too, we will gain a benefit that no amount of money on earth can buy. People will get into public office. They will go to serve, not to be served. People will fear God, and when they are doing things, they will not run and mock. Their yes will be yes, and their no will be no. There are a few areas where people have to say, okay, I've made this error. Error of judgment is understood. We are humans. Friends, we are humans. Humanity must always kick in. But not the deliberate way that you see we have been on a pathway and the country, and indeed the continent has not grown. But thank God for a man like Professor Lumumba who speaks truth. No matter what happens, I believe strongly that when the arrow of truth shoots, there can never be a trace of falsehood. That's what that man represents. He's a sage from Kenya. And he will use proverbs to be able to bring the message home for you very well. An example will be, let me take a proverb from Professor Lumumba's country, Kenya. He says, if a leopard sells goat meat, few people will buy it. 
I mean, if you come truly and look at the continent of Africa and look at African leaders and even Africans themselves, you realize that very many people, if they truly open up and show who they are, many people will not be bought. You will not even befriend them or you will not even vote for them. You won't even consider them to even come near your abode, that is your house. They don't deserve to be called leaders or to lead Africa, not to talk of Africans. Why? Because there's something missing. There's a link. So let us sit back and look at some of these benefits of making truth and kindness a part of our lives. What do you and I what do we stand to benefit? Number one, truth and kindness will help create secure and treasured relationships. Do you know that the fact that you can rely on a trusted friend's word makes you feel safe and secure in that relationship? Honesty provides a concrete foundation upon which a lasting relationship can be securely built. Kindness creates value and appreciation in a relationship, not palliatives. You know, we've been sold a lie in this country when politicians will keep telling you palliatives and we, we have made the words become a part of us. But do palliatives really mean what we need? It is like treating the symptoms and not the cause. So they give you something to just make you temporarily 20 bags of rice to a neighborhood of 1,000 people. They will walk away with one, one cup of rice that they can't even cook for their, their pets to eat. And then, why do we think there will be a relationship, treasured relationship and trust? It will not happen because truth and kindness are not embedded in the fabric of our people. So, like people, like leader. A person who routinely extends unexpected acts of kindness makes you value that relationship above others. That is why you find, you know, a beautiful proverb that speaks to this part and it says, that truth is like oil. No matter how much water you pour on it, it will always float. When you have a trusted friend whose word makes you feel secure and safe, you can go to the bank any day. You go to bed sleeping with your eyes closed. What is the second benefit of making truth and kindness a part of our lives. It will help provide encouragement and build self-esteem. Do you know that many times when you have a good friend and you are in your crisis moment, there are things that would come at you and the words that will be spoken to you, they will actually help you out of that situation more than any other thing. Because it's coming from a trusted friend. So imagine someone getting fired from his job 
And being fired from that particular job means that you don't have any other thing to do. And then the president of the company inviting you and taking you out to lunch and then asking the person, what exactly are you going to do? He knows that he had no power to, to save you. Let's call it the head of department, some other head of department. And then in the process, he offers a lifeline and says, do you have so-so and so skill that can make you walk in so-so and so place? And if you now say, no, I do not have, or I have, things could work differently. Let's, for example, think about this, that you are asked, do you by any chance have business suits that will be appropriate for working in a bank or a financial institution, knowing fully well you've just been fired from where you guys are? And then you're now telling you don't have that. And it now moves you to a clothing warehouse and buys you two, three new business suits. Now, that act of kindness alone will make a huge impression upon you. It will make you feel more value than any other event in your business life. Why? Because that person has just raised your low self-esteem higher. And I said to you, listen, I believe in you. You may not have this, but this is the tool I'm giving to you to go forward. And then you'll confidently go for any bank interview and ultimately get the job. Why? Because you'll be operating within a completely different frame of mind about yourself and your self-worth. What am I saying, friends? When you have people that are honest and will tell you the truth, they provide encouragement and they build self-esteem. You can't imagine how much of that comes true. Self-esteem is a big factor. And in relationships, only those who are privileged to be able to give and to share in that particular space will make you work well. Otherwise, the tendency is that when you have a man or woman of low self-esteem, it can be injurious. I like this Guinean proverb that says, it is an illness that can be cured. Death cannot be cured. Self-esteem is an illness that can be cured. But death cannot be cured. What can cure it? Truth. Well, friends, a good place for us to take a short break. We'll be back right on the other side. So don't go away. It's still Navigate with ID. I'll be right back before you know it. Let's pay some bills. This is Navigate with ID. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners. Uh, just in case you're joining us, it's your business school on radio. It's Doug Navigate with ID. And um, yours truly is privileged to be able to share thoughts from all manner of, um, how would I put it, schools. The school of learning never ends. So I bid you welcome as we go on this journey to look at the things and the qualities that make anyone, any person invaluable. I started by saying that, um, you know, opening up with a proverb that you should not, at any point in time, let kindness and truth leave you. 
We are admonished to bind them around our necks, to write them on the tablets of our hearts, so we can always find favor in the sight of God and also in the sight of man. Friends, if you are looking at qualities that will make you invaluable, I said there are five of them. We talked of one major one in the last couple of weeks, and that was diligence. That true diligence will make a person the most valued employee in any workplace. And of course, in any situation, this person will always stand out. As with diligence, there are four other qualities that will make you truly valued in life. And I think you and I need to take cognizance of this and work with it. So we are on the first set of the four. Kindness and truth. These two Siamese twins, which is why I kind of lumped them together. And sincere thanks to you for also, you know, staying in and being able to believe in what we believe in too. Friends, what I said in the first half is that when you look around you in whatever environment, you will always have the nouveau rich. You could find a woman that could wear tons of millions on their necks in terms of jewelry. But friends, as great as those jewelry, whether diamond, gold, platinum, whatever it is, as great as it may be, there are two qualities in a person that will far outshine that woman's expensive jewelry. I said if you're driving the most expensive cars and take them around, there are still two qualities that will far outshine those toys. Their value is priceless, yet they are nearly always underestimated. They form some great attractiveness universally, but they are surprisingly rare. And we are speaking of the qualities of truth and kindness. This is following through with the quality of diligence. I must tell you, friends, that in today's instant gratification, what I consider a me-first society, kindness seems more like a leftover than an entree. In other words, you'll find people say, let me take care of myself first. And if I have any time or money left over, I'll give that to others. I'm sure you can relate to that. But as we went through that, we said to ourselves, there are incalculable benefits of making truth and kindness a part of our lives. Number one, we said they create secure and treasured relationships, whether you like it or not. You know, knowing that you can rely on a trusted friend's word makes you feel safe and secure in that relationship. Knowing that you can rely on a trusted employee makes you feel as the owner of the company, it makes you feel safe and secure. Honesty always provides a concrete foundation upon which any relationship will last and can be securely built. The second point we talked about was as an incalculable benefit is the fact that truth and kindness provide encouragement and the build self-esteem. The third point I would like to raise on this part of the the divide is the fact that kindness and truth help increase commitment, loyalty, and motivation. Whenever you are kind to someone, it raises their level of commitment and loyalty to you. I hope employers can hear this and hear me well. Today's reckoning, a lot of employers are totally expecting so much commitment and loyalty, 
but they are not sowing the seeds. When you look at the board, the management team, kindness and truth may not be their watchwords. Yet, when you look at the board or a management team that doesn't have a heart for truth and kindness, that will not treat employees well, they'll be the ones that will demand serious commitment and loyalty and motivation that they are doing the very best. At the time when things are so tough, they will not increase salaries. They will not allow employees enjoy certain allowances. If anything, they will cut them, but they will not stop buying their official cars, brand new, by the way, state of the art. And if you want to really break your head on the wall, they'll give them bulletproof cars. They'll import them. And the value of all the cars they'll give to the directors will be enough to make a significant lift and push in the lives of the employees, yet they will demand commitment and loyalty. So wherein lies truth and kindness. So whenever you are kind to someone, it raises their level of commitment and loyalty to you. It will also motivate them to follow your example by returning kindness both to you and to others. And by extension, the business, the organization. Now, do you know that when you extend some kindness to someone, even in their lowest point, they would never forget. And there will always be a credit line that is open and that emotional bank account will remain in credit. That is why a man like David will come back and say, is there anybody in the house of Saul that I can extend kindness to? And they said, yes, there's a son, but he has a bot. What is a bot? He's crippled. He said, it doesn't matter. Bring him and let him sit with me at the king's table to eat. That is what kindness does. Because when a man is kind and truth is what pervades him, everybody that follows on that trail will be committed, loyal, and highly motivated. So if you are running a business now, especially at a trying time like this, and you are not as the boss, the owner, whatever title you carry, you don't have kindness and truth, don't demand commitment. Don't expect loyalty. And don't ever think it that your team or your people are motivated. They are just waiting for how they are going to fleece you. But when you invest in them so well and they see the kindness, the kind-heartedness that you display, even when things are so tough, they will look for ways of helping you patch your machines so that things will come through because they know that the man they are serving is a man of truth and kindness. I've seen companies go down simply because the insensitive management team believe they are all to themselves, but they will not be anything to the staff down the line, especially the factory workers who they look at as replaceable, just the same way they can replace equipment. They say, after all, they can be sacked and they'll bring a new breed that in itself can sit as a roadblock. So, having said this, let me step into the roadblocks to kindness and truth. 
knowing the incredible benefits to inscribing kindness and truth on the tablets of our hearts. So why on earth would anyone put them aside for self-centeredness and dishonesty? Ask yourself. The answer is very simple. Our self-centeredness and self-involvement, they are like mental and emotional muscles that we have been exercising daily throughout our lives. It is truly the strongest muscle we have. If your reflexes are quick and powerful, anytime you are confronted by any situation that gives you a choice between your own interest and simple kindness, your automatic response is to act in your own accord. It will always afford focus and attention on what you need, what you want, and what you desire, not looking at the other person. Kindness, on the other hand, is a mental and emotional muscle that is exercised only when you make a conscious choice to do so. So for you to ex exhibit and exert kindness, there has to be that consciousness. It forces us to set aside our personal needs and desires long enough to focus our attention on the genuine needs of others. That's why when leaders talk of palliatives, I just switch off. Anyone that tells you anything and says palliative, that person lacks kindness. Because if he truly does, he knows that palliatives are not the words to use at a time when so many things are not going right. They should be going to the root cause, fixing the root cause so that palliatives will not exist as a lexicon. Now, and even the beggar on the streets will tell you, give me palliative. Because they believe that it is just short-term succor. It is some injection, a syringe effect. They would dose you for, for now, and you say, hmm, I don't collect her. Before you know it, before you say Jack Robinson, boom, it's gone. And then you return to square zero. When we choose to use this muscle of kindness, we must overpower our reflexive self-centeredness. You and I are faced with countless opportunities to choose between our own self-interest and kindness. We are getting into a period, we are in a period where this ecosystem needs to change. From diligence, kindness, truth, we want to change the narrative about Nigeria, Nigerians, and even Africans. Things must begin to change. Respect for law and order. You know what? If you are a truthful man or woman, it means that you are obeying what your heart is telling you with your head intact. You know, because your conscience will prick you. That is law and order internally that God put inside us as a check, but many have lost it. But I must tell you that it's not an easy task. The more we exercise this muscle of kindness, the stronger it becomes. And the stronger it becomes, the greater a part of our inner core it becomes. Over time, we will embrace it more naturally with little conscious effort at all. If you are exercising, just the way you go to the gym, if you are exercising acts of kindness every time, there will come a time that you won't even know that you are doing some things. And people say, eh, ah, said, did I? Those things don't matter. Imagine if 70% of our political leaders or leaders in whatever sphere, whether private, public sector, and all sectors, and even our civil servants especially, they have kindness and truth in their hearts. Imagine what will happen.
Nigeria, we are talking of GDP. All the sectors will be flying. Industry, agriculture, services. You will meet people and they will not carry your file and put it under. They will not transmit you and ask you to come back 10 years after when they know that what you need is here, just on their table. They will transmit you to another place and you will go there. It's called in Russia simply because they are not kind. We can't continue like this. This is a roadblock to kindness and truth. And what is the major roadblock? I'll ask in the form of a question. Why is it so easy to lie? Do you know that when most of us think of someone who is dishonest, we usually think of other people and rarely of ourselves? But the fact is, if one includes exaggerations, little white lies and the conscious omission of relevant facts, most of us are guilty of dishonesty on a regular basis. Why is it so easy to exaggerate? A kute in Mecca in those days, you say, ah, the rat from Mecca is this tall. Why are you exaggerating? Ah, if you see this, you bend the truth or lie by omission. You know why that is so? Because doing so temporarily puts us in a better position than telling the absolute truth. There are only three reasons to be dishonest. Number one, you'll be dishonest because you want to promote yourself. Mm. You will also be dishonest because you want to protect yourself. That's two. Or you want to manipulate the thoughts, feelings, or actions of others. You can look at any facet of our lives and our ecosystem. Tell me, why are people dishonest? There's a proverb from Lesotho that says, when a jackal wants to catch a sheep, it dresses up in a lamb skin. It's a proverb from Lesotho. So ask yourself, everything that's going around our ecosystem now is a byproduct of what? Lies. So people will tell lies because in the process, they want to promote themselves, they want to protect themselves, or they want to manipulate the thoughts, feelings, or actions of others. Unfortunately, all of these reasons are false perceptions. Every time you think you are going to benefit from being dishonest, there's an arrow that's waiting for you in the future. Whatever gain you make or experience is always short-lived. I don't want to talk about several things happening in our polity and the consequences of being dishonest. They are more long-term and they ultimately outweigh the temporary gain dishonesty provides. So an individual, as a business, as an organization, each time you are dishonest, you become less sensitive to your conscious factor of that future. So as an individual, if you are dishonest, you become less sensitive to the fact that your conscience in the future is being eroded, and you start creating a greater capacity to lie next time. Like they say, it takes one lie to cover another lie. You keep going on lie, lie, lie. Sooner or later, such a dishonest behavior becomes normal routine, daily experience. You say, good morning. And everybody will look around and say, is it truly morning? Because they don't believe you. It becomes of part of who we are and how we, you know what, interact with the world. I mean, it's shameful that whenever we have to step out of the shores of this country, large majority of Nigerians get to pay for 
some unbridled elements amongst us. Why? Because of lies. You want to leave the country? Why must you lie about so many things? Why not go on the path? Okay, you are leaving the country. I had a, as a family friend, very many years ago, we were in England for holidays. And they came to see us in the apartment that we rented, my wife, my son, and I. We're there, and this gentleman came, an extended family relation. And when he got there, uh, we decided to go out for lunch. So as we were walking out, and my son now called Uncle so so and so. He said, hey, he said, here, my name is Cyril. My son couldn't understand. That's Cyril. That's not your name now. Yeah, he said it's the name I'm bearing here in London. So as we are going out, don't call me the other name. You call me this one. So my son came back to me and said, But I've known this uncle all my life since I was a kid. That's what I call him. How come now his name has suddenly changed? I said to my son that at every stage and growth in life, people are entitled to change their names that I've given him a name now, and he's bearing that name. When he grows up, he may choose to now change the name. So maybe that's what is happening in his own case. Abi, how else would I have answered that one? Why? Because he was using another person's identity to live in a foreign land. Sooner or later, such dishonest behaviors become a normal daily experience. It becomes a part of who we are and how we interact with the world. Wonder why Nigerians all over the world are into identity days. And, and so when they see a Nigerian, the first thing that comes, ah, this is one of the liars. Minus me. Moreover, for the most part, others see right through us, whether they articulate that awareness or not. Friends, dishonesty has destroyed businesses. It has destroyed lives. It has destroyed marriages. It has even destroyed governments. In my own honest opinion, and I'll really aligned with Steve Scott here, dishonesty comes in two forms. When you distort the truth and hide the truth. The first is obvious. The second may not be. Now, let me go to one of the corporates of those days. AA. Now, if any firm should be honest and truthful in the corporate world, then it should be the accountants and the auditors of the business community. They are the ones that are charged with the responsibility of analyzing and accurately reporting the current, the financial conditions of a company to the public. Yet, those days, in the case of AA, they conspired with Enron executives to misrepresent the facts. These are public items, so you could go check. What that gave the Enron executives opportunity to continue in their deceptive practices until the corporation collapsed destroying the savings of thousands of employees and countless shareholders. It's out there. It's there. If you Google it, you'll see. To the extent that one of the executives in Enron committed suicide, and others were committed to prison. But when you look at similar cases in our own climb, hmm, let me hold my peace there. Because when it comes to our own case, we have a way of sugar coating, painting it, and afterwards, 
Life goes on. But there's always an obvious damage down the road. There's a way that seems right to every man. The end is destruction. Let me go with this Ugandan proverb. It says, the cat will hide its claws under its paws in order to feign friendship with the rat. Dishonesty. Taking on due advantage. And there's a very nice Nigerian proverb that says, a set of white teeth does not indicate a pure heart. So you can see somebody, his teeth, pure white. That does not tell you that his heart is pure. One thing I'll tell you, friends, is that dishonesty never starts in a corporate boardroom. It starts in the hearts and minds of individual men and women. So by making honesty the cornerstone of your personality, you can avoid such consequences. So what are the ultimate consequences of dishonesty that we may not see until it is too late? Number one, dishonesty produces never-ending stress. Do you know the stress that people go through when they are dishonest or they're about to be found out? Why? Because deep down inside, you carry a hidden fear that one day your dishonesty will be exposed. You also know you have to keep your story straight. But once there's any waka here, you want to really close it. Why? Dishonesty forces you to always think about your past lies. So you won't say anything contradictory that exposes those lies. All of these create stress to your family, to your ecosystem, and to the entire organization. So everybody, wherever you're going, they will say to you, ah, is it not your MD that uh, they put here? You know, think about all the things that have happened in different corporates and sectors of the economy. In the public service, they would see a particular uh, director would have run away with billions of naira. Imagine the staff in that ministry, how they will feel you. They say, well, now I've got 3 billion. You don't know. It creates stress and tension. And we have already seen that stress not only robs off us of any potential for joy, it steals our health as well. So health begins to suffer. Why? It's a consequence of dishonest lifestyle because dishonesty produces never-ending stress. The second thing that dishonesty does, it ultimately creates unexpected crashes. Do you see what happens when there are accidents on the road? Do you see how train wrecks across the world, car accidents? Have you imagined that this could be a byproduct of dishonesty? The roads, the roads that would have been budgeted and tarred in the minds of people are not touched. And then what happens? Because of such dishonest behavior, there are crashes, fatalities in our country. Let me tell you, friends, sooner or later, nearly all dishonesty is discovered by others. And when it is, a crash always results. Friends, this is the place to put the anchor. We'll be back on Thursday, by God's grace, where we'll look at the other qualities that make you and I valuable. It's time to say goodbye. We'll be back, by God's grace. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. <laughs>